welcome to PreachingAudio.com. If you're encouraged and strengthened by this message today, be sure to tell someone who this message may bless about PreachingAudio.com. Or simply share this message by copying it to a CD and giving it to them so they can listen to it at their own leisure. It is always our prayer that this message will be a blessing to you. May it be a source of strength and help for the struggle you may be facing today. Lord Jesus, I ask you to bless this one who may be listening to this message. Let your word be a light unto their pathway as they go through their day and the week ahead. Bless them, Father, with all spiritual blessing is my prayer today. In Jesus' name. Now we take you to the service already in progress. God bless you. Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse number 1. I'd like for you to carefully note the reading of the word of the Lord with me. Cast thy bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. Give a portion to seven, and also to eight. For thou knowest not what evil shall be upon the earth. If the clouds be full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth. And if the tree fall toward the south or toward the north, in the place where the tree falleth, there it shall be. Verse number 4 of Ecclesiastes 11. He that observeth the wind shall not sow, and he that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. Verse 5. As thou knowest not what is the way of the Spirit, nor how the bones do grow in the womb of her that is with child. Even so, thou knowest not the works of God, who maketh all. In the morning sow thy seed, and in the evening withhold not thine hand. For thou knowest not whether shall prosper, either this, or that, or whether they both shall be alike good. I believe the final analysis of the reading of these verses of Scripture, at least in my way of thinking tonight, is this subject that I'd like to preach. Let God be God. All right. Hallelujah. Let God be God. I think it's time for the church to let God be God. Let's praise Him one more time. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the power that has already filled this building tonight, for the Word of the Lord that has infiltrated our minds and our spirits and our souls and our hearts. Now, Heavenly Father, once again, touch with Your great anointing. And may the Word of God go forth tonight and the will of the Lord be performed in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. A part of this great end-time revival is a mighty resurgence of faith in the supernatural power of God, as Brother Williams has marvelously preached to us. Also, I feel there is a resurgence of the ever-settled 
unchanging, unalterable, unfalterable Word of God. It's the same. It's settled. It's there. It's fixed. There are basic spiritual principles that are irrefutable. They are irrevocable. They will ever be true. They will work. There's a famous radio preacher years ago that used to, I used to hear when I traveled in Texas. He said, you cannot lose with the stuff I use. <laughs> and that is true if this is the stuff you use. You cannot lose with the stuff we use if this is indeed the stuff that we use. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. But even in lieu of the fact that there are basic fundamental spiritual principles that are unalterable and undeniable, they will work. They will work here. They will work there. They will work anywhere. They are principles that cannot fail. However, the fulfillment of those principles many times are mysterious and are beyond our comprehension and sometimes they don't always come about just like we think they ought to come about. For instance, the Reverend Paul Harvey told an interesting story. To establish a principle that is true. But it doesn't always come about like you think it's going to come out. He verified the principle of persistence. And that persistence always pays. Persistence works. And so he told a story about a man who fell in love with a certain lady. He desired her hand in matrimony. And so for 50-some-odd days, every day without failure, he sent a certified mail, a letter in the mail, to this young lady's house. Every day the letter contained a proposal of matrimony. For 50-some-odd days he did this. And as a principle proves out, so did persistence once again. The lady married the mailman. <laughs> persistence pays. It works. The mailman came for 51 days and she kind of liked him. It didn't exactly work out like uh, the lover boy wanted it to work out. But the principle is true. Persistence pays. In the scriptures that I have read to you tonight, one after another, we are beset with circumstances with temporal, transient, negative, back-setting environments that would cause anybody to question success or victory or accomplishment. Yes. 
The Bible said, cast your bread upon the waters, and you'll find it. It didn't say in 15 minutes. It said, uh, after many days. It said, give a portion to seven. But after you've given a portion to seven, give some to number eight. Seven is the biblical number of perfection and completion. But he said, don't get hung up on numbers. And go ahead and try number eight. Because eight in the Bible is the number of a new beginning. And if it doesn't happen in seven, go for eight. I remember when I was in Bible college, Brother Johnson and I served our term at the same time. And preachers would come through, great mighty men of God, and all the young fellows would line up and say, put your hand on me, put your hand on me. And some of the more bold, aggressive fellows would pull them aside and say, how many days do you fast a week? How many hours do you pray a day? I want just what you've got. I want to be a preacher like you. If I could find out how much you pray, if I could find out how much you fast, I promise you I'd do it. But the, the message is this. If we don't get it in the magic number of seven, then we're going to start something new with eight. Right. As a matter of fact, if you'll read about the prophet in the Old Testament, we have preached so many times, and recently I just noticed a simple thought. The Bible does say that on the seventh time the sign was given. The cloud like a man's hand. And so we designate seven to be a royal pattern for victory. Do it seven times, and it'll happen. But if you'll carefully read that, that wasn't the seventh time. It was actually the eighth time. Because he'd already gone once before he went seven more. What I want to preach to you tonight is this. We don't need magic formulas for revival and victory. We just need to keep on keeping on until it happens. I'm afraid sometimes we're looking for conscience soothers. Well, I did it seven times. Hey, we don't want conscience soothers. We want revival. We don't want flesh appeasers. We want revival. We don't want pity parties when we go to conferences and cry. Well, we've tried everything. Just keep on trying it. We want victory. We want revival. We want the glory of God. Whatever it takes. And then it said, if you look at the wind, you won't sow. Because you know the wind is in opposition to your efforts. And if you regard the clouds, you won't reap. It looks like it's going to rain today. We better wait for a better day. And, and we don't want to get bogged up in the fields trying to reap the harvest. I'm sure that tomorrow there will be a better day. And, and the clouds are looking for foreboding today, so we'll just wait. But the Scripture then says, Because you don't know what is the way of the Spirit, 
nor have the bones do grow in the womb or her, of her that is with child. Even so thou knowest not the works of God who maketh all. Go ahead and sow the seed in the morning. And then don't withhold your hand in the evening. Because you need to realize that God is God. And He can bring it to pass when the wind's blowing. And He can bring it to pass when the clouds are hanging low. And He can do His good work in the most adverse of circumstances and opposition. Let God be God. Hallelujah. Go ahead and let God do His good work. Do what you know you're supposed to do. And don't wait on a perfect day. Let me preach to you tonight about a God who doesn't have to have the home court advantage. Let me tell you about a God who doesn't have to have the wind at His back. Let me tell you about a God who doesn't have to have the crowd roaring in His behalf. Our God can do it under the most adverse circumstances. He can bring it to pass when things are not just like you want them. He is still God. And church, we need to let Him be God. Hallelujah. Now, there's a lot of folks that stay in their prayer closet. And they pray and they pray and they pray for instruction and direction for God. I believe in instruction and spiritual guidance and direction of the Holy Ghost. But when it comes to soul winning, that's not the will of God. Because if you pray and God tells you exactly who He wants you to witness to, you will end up violating the command of Jesus. Because if God tells you who's going to accept the Word and who's going to reject the Word, you will never witness to the rejectors. But the Bible said preach the gospel to every creature. It is not our responsibility to decide who's going to be saved and who's going to be lost. Preach it to everybody everywhere. And then let God be God. He said, when you sow your seed, don't look over here and say, uh, I don't know if this, I think I'll sow my seed over here. This looks pretty good. And I'm going to leave this area alone. He said, because you're not God. And you don't know whether this one's going to produce or that one's going to produce or maybe they'll both produce. One of the first things pastors have to learn is you never know who's going to live for God and who's not. Secondly, we need to learn that God has not commissioned us to choose His bride. God has not given us the authority to choose His bride. He said, preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. And he that believeth not shall be damned. We need to go ahead and preach it and let God be God. He'll decide who's going to be saved and who's not going to be saved. Let's clap our hands just a minute to the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. I want you to know that logic is not God. Reasoning is not God. Circumstances are not God. Situations are not God. 
Statistics are not God. Odds are not God. Geography is not God. We need to let God be God. The book says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If you believe that, then you must agree with me on three points. Anything He's ever done before, He can do again. If He's the same, He can do it again. Brother William said He could do it again. Jesus said He could do it again. Secondly, if He's the same, anything He's ever done anywhere else, He can do it here. If He's the same, He can do it here. God's not bound by boundary lines that says Louisiana, Texas, or any other state that you want to confine Him to. Let's let God be God in Indiana. And let God be God wherever we are. Hallelujah. And the third point is, anything He has ever done for anybody else, He will do for me. You need to stand up and shout in the face of the devil tonight. I'm not a freak. I'm not a misfit. I'm not a weird herald. If God uses them, God can use me. If God did it for him, God can do it for me. Let's clap our hands in the Lord right now. History is not God. But we never have. Never has been done. History is not God. (laughs) Boy, did I ever embarrass myself last Sunday. Labor Day weekend. History is not God. Well, I had my my relatives in visiting, and I said, you know, I'm really sorry that y'all came this weekend. You know, this is Labor Day weekend. And our church is really up and down on Labor Day. Up to the mountains and down to the coast. I said, this is really a bad weekend for you to come see our church because our attendance is going to be up and down this Sunday. It's Labor Day weekend. And I've already had numbers of people calling me, telling me they're going to go here, they're going to go there, they're going to be out of town. And I said, I just know that our attendance is going to be pitiful. It always is on Labor Day. But history is not God. Let God be God. Hey, we came in on Sunday morning. Our building was almost full. Hallelujah. Let God be God. History is not God. Amen. When the Lord gave to Mary a glorious invitation... To be the mother of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Mary could not read the local periodicals and get a testimony of any other woman who had ever had like experience with God. There was none that could testify to her of how it feels to have a virgin born son. There was none that could gather in the hall and say, Mary, I know how you feel. I know how to slap backs and say, I remember the way it happened to me and I'll tell you all about it. Brother Williams preached that God wants to do anything He's already done. But let me tell you, 
Mary had to believe that God could do something that never had been done before. Oh, hallelujah. I don't care if you're number 14 or 15 in the pastorate of where you're pastoring right now. There needs to come a faith in your heart and mind that says God can do it even though it's never been done before. God can bring it to pass even though we've never seen it before. And just because it has not happened does not mean it won't happen or it cannot happen. I refuse to let history be God. History is not God. It's time for the church to let God be God. Men are not God. Music is not God. Methods are not God. Machinery is not God. Manipulation is not God. Programs are not God. Procedures are not God. Protocol is not God. We can have revival without any or all of that if we've got God. Hallelujah. We need to let God be God. I'm afraid that we've reached the dimension of human reasoning and wisdom and logic where God's greatest adversary is our limited minds. That's the reason I started just to stand up and say amen. Because the limitations are between our ears. God can do it anyhow. I thank God for meetings of this nature and for coming together in such dimensions as we're seeing across our nation. However, there are many that are coming and going away with a pessimistic, defeated attitude instead of accepting a positive thrust into the dimensions of revival. They go back home and they say, but we don't have uh, Brother Mark and Sister Laurie Carruthers to be our praise singers. And and we don't have the talent. And, and we don't have an auditorium like this. And we don't have the money and the means and the methods and the protocol. And our services just aren't that fancy. I mean, we don't even have a screen to show our choruses on. And some young men are coming to meetings like this, going back to their districts and derailing the elders and some of the leaders of the district because that all of that finery and machinery and mechanism is not in gear. It's wonderful. It's great. I thank God for it. I think we ought to do it just as classy, just as professional, just as efficient as we possibly can. But let me tell you, they were having revival before they ever made screens. They were having revival long before there was praise singers. They were having revival long before there were smiling people at the door to welcome the company. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's fine. But that's not God. That is not God. And we need to let God be God. He can do it anyhow.
Hey, I like it meticulously. I do my best. We start our service right on time. We've done that ever since I've been in Raleigh. Even when we had 15 in Sunday school, we started on time. This is important. We start on time. Everybody knows who's going to sing, who's not going to sing, what the choir's going to do, the order of the service. We believe in all of that. But I was sitting on... A platform. Getting ready to preach. Preaching out somewhere. Guest speaker. Time to start church. Hey, I'm ready. It's church time. Let's go. Where's the pastor? Way back in the back of the building. So I say, okay. It's all right. It's church time. Hey, how about getting a book and leading us in a song tonight, would you? Mm-hmm. Oh, it don't matter. Just anything. Let God lead you. Start singing. Half the people are standing because nobody's told them to sit down. And half of them are sitting down. And the ones that are sitting down look at the ones that are standing up. And the ones that are standing up are rebuking the ones that are sitting down. And I'm standing up there going, I don't know which side I'm on. And the song leader's up there, blowing and a-going, and about to bust the pulpit in too, shouting more than he's singing. And it looks like pandemonium. And I'm up there because see, I've been to a meeting or two. I've been to some meetings, you see. Yeah. I know something about this. Right. I'm up there and I said, oh, Lord. I should have stayed home tonight. Taught a Bible study. Pulling around down here. I'm wasting my time. And I felt God speak to me in my language. In my language. I'm going to show you something, Mr. Smarty Bridges. I can do it with the classy presentation or I can do it with the old-fashioned get-down-and-get-after-it way. That doesn't bother God in the least. It may bother us, but it doesn't bother God. God is still God. And pastors, we need to come to grips with reality. We can still have revival if we don't have a Mark Carruthers. We still have revival if we don't have a lovely auditorium. We can still have revival if we don't have a choir. God can bless with a choir or without a choir. God can bless without praise singers or with praise singers. God can bless with protocol or without protocol. We need to let God be God. You may be seated. I'm tired. 
of letting the devil rob us of our victory because we think everything's got to be perfect. And there's a lot of folks here tonight, the devil ain't beating you out of your revival. You're beating yourself out of revival. Because you think men is God, flesh is God, mechanics is God, and methods is God, talent's God. I say let's let God be God. Some fellows run off to these meetings and then they come back home and they tell their pastor, Must God will never have revival. <laughs> now I know why we ain't having revival. Man, we don't do it nothing like they do it. Mind you, I'm for progress. I'm for doing it the best I know how to do it. But I'll tell you one thing. I'm not for criticism. And I'm not for negativism. And I'm not for being narrow-minded and thinking that God's got to do it this way or God can't do it. Hey, we can shout on Sunday, on Sunday mornings, if Pentecostals would quit trying to put God on a track. God's not sleepy on Sunday morning. God don't have cracklings in His eyes on Sunday morning. God don't have to wait until it's dark to pour out His Spirit. If the church would wake up and say, God is God. God is God. And He can do it anyhow. Woo! So I'm just going to go ahead and sow a little seed. And sow a little seed. I'm going to sow it in the morning. I'm going to sow it in the evening. Because God is God. Hallelujah. Let God be God. I'm afraid humanism is seeping into the church. It's manifested when preachers act shocked. Because that week they haven't done what they thought they ought to do. And God still blessed them. And they say, my Lord. Man, I didn't even halfway preach. Man, look what he did. How come you shocked? God's God, not you. Well, I didn't even lay my hands on her. And she got the Holy Ghost. Hello, Pentecostals. And if some of us would have been there in Acts chapter 5, when Peter was strolling down the street, and his shadow started hitting those that were sick and diseased along the side of the road, and the Bible said when his shadow touched them, came over them, they were healed. If a Pentecostal, if the, if the modern day Pentecostals would have been there, Brother Williams, I know you're tired. 
It wore me out. I know you're tired. Hey, it takes a lot to wear him out, I'm telling you. A lot of, a lot of modern Pentecostals that had been there, Peter's walking down the road, that have been saying, Ho, 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 yeah. You forgot something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whoa now! Where's your olive oil bottle, Peter? Whoa now! Don't it say something about anointing the sick? But I'll tell you something else it says. <laughs> the shadow healed. And the way you produce a shadow is light on a person. And when you get the light on the person of who Jesus really is, He can heal with all. He can heal without all. Hallelujah! Second Kings chapter three verse seventeen. For thus saith the Lord, You shall not see wind. Everybody say, there ain't going to be no wind. You shall not see rain. No wind. No rain. Yet, the valley shall be filled with water. God can produce water without wind and without rain. Because He's God. And God can do anything. And furthermore, He can do it any way He wants to do it. And after all, all we want is for it to happen. I preach revivals where folks got the Holy Ghost. And there was no preaching. And the next night of revival, we had to pet and pamper, pamper the saints. Because they were like kids who had their lollipop took away from them. Because they didn't get to hear no preaching. Hey, this ain't Six Flags. If all you come to church for is a thrill, go to Six Flags. The church is here to have revival and to save the lost and to cast the devil out and to see the sick healed and the power of God manifested. No wind, no rain, but water. By the way of Edom. There's no telling what God would do if we'd quit trying to tell Him how to do it. (laughs) 
and quit telling him when to do it and quit telling him who he can do it for and let God be God. (laughs) Hallelujah. You see, he told Gideon, son, we'll play this game any way you want it. It don't matter to me. We're trying to put God on one track and saying He's got to do it this way or it ain't going to happen. You don't know God. He's not going to play on our track. Figure eight, God. Figure eight. Run our track. Sunday morning, we sleep. Sunday night, we shout. Wednesday night, we don't even come. Run our track, God. We'll tell you when we want to shout. And we'll tell you when we're through. Somebody told me they was in a church here not long ago in a certain place. And it was kind of quiet. You folks can't see me. I don't want you to miss the show. So I'll come out here. It's kind of quiet. That guest speaker there that night. You know how it is, pastors, when you got a guest. Brother, I'm sorry. I don't know where my church is tonight. <laughs> Place is full. I just apologize that you had to come preach for me and no more saints than this showed up. Pastors, y'all still here? It was quiet. Real quiet. He said all of a sudden the pastor just gave a little signal. I don't know what it was. Something. And he said 50 men started climbing out of the pews. (laughs) And they about tore that church down. They got the old go-ahead. And I just imagine they could have got the old cut back to... (laughs) Whoa! I don't know about you, but I don't want that kind of revival. Hallelujah! One guy got in a church pulpit one place and he said, Oh, I know what to say to make them shout. I know how to turn them on. I know how to get them going. Hey, not in a real church you don't. You can't just flip the switch and say, We want to shout now. We want to dance now. We want to talk in tongues now. you got to let God be God. So he said, all right, Gideon, name the game. Gideon said, all right, Lord. Fleece wet, ground dry. Got it? Fleece wet, ground dry. All right, in the morning. Fleece wet, ground dry. Oh, God. Can we do that one more time? Fleece wet, ground dry. No. No, no, no. Fleece dry. Ground wet. God said, all right, get in. I play that game. It don't matter to me, son. I can cause the fleece to be wet and the ground to be dry 
or I can cause the ground to be dry and the fleece wet. I can bring the same results in different ways. Moses' time, smite the stone. Water. Moses is like some Pentecostals. He's hung up on procedure. And we're going to get left out. <laughs> if we don't quit trying to be God. And let God be God. God said, speak to the stone this time. Moses said, oh, no, 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 no. I remember. Uh-uh. That's not the way you do it. No, you forgot, God. Listen to me. I well remember. I hit it. Some of our novice song leaders. Sunday night it's Jesus on the main line. Tell him what you want. And the place goes up in smoke. Novice song leader. Wednesday night. Pastor says, get us a chorus, brother. Get it nothing, man. I got it. God may not remember, and the pastor may not remember, but it's Jesus on the main line. Tell him what you want. Come on, church. Jesus. And y'all forgot Sunday night? Come on. Jesus. Where y'all at? Jesus on the main line. Tell him what you What's wrong with y'all? Y'all back to me and said Sunday night? Ain't Jesus on the main line. That's it. Where y'all at? Where's he at? Don't he know tonight you can smite it and tomorrow you can talk to it and God can do the same thing because God is God. Let's clap our hands right now to the Lord. Hallelujah! It's time for us to say, God is God. I'm not God, but God is God. My choir's not God, but God is God. My singing's not God. But God is God. Let's everybody stand just now. Hallelujah. I'm afraid that many times we come to these meetings seeking magic formulas. Just like I have on my car. I really enjoy this car that I have right now. It's got a push-button combination lock outside the car. It's nice. I got a bulk of keys, you know. Remember, Brother Mooney, you can always tell how important somebody is by how big the wad of keys is. 
If you don't have many keys, you ain't nothing. Uh, the, the bigger the water keys you got, the bigger the man you are. You also wear your pants out faster. So I got a pretty good water keys. I love being able to open my door to get out, throw the keys in the floor, push the lock, close the door, and say, goodbye, keys. I like that. Don't lose them. Don't leave them. Not weighted down. I come back to my car and I go, peep, 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 pop. I like that too. I can go, peep, 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 pop. This one comes up. Pop. They all come up. Pop. The trunk pops up. I enjoy that. Peep, 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 pop. Peep, 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 peep. All I got to do is get the peeps right and it all just breaks loose. I like that. But a lot of times we like to go to meetings so we can get the peeps. So we can go back home and say, I'm going to have it like Brother Williams is having it. Peep, 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 peep. Where you at, Doc? You're supposed to jump up. Try it again. Peep, 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 peep. Beep, 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 beep. I just can't have revival. I ain't got it. I'm telling you, I just ain't got it, man. I just try one more time. Beep, 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 beep. God, you don't love me. I did just what they said, God. Man, there's devils in this place. Devils in this place, or my peeper broke one. <laughs> my peeper's not working right. Peep, 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 peep. Come on, God. That's what Brother William said he did. Must have the wrong numbers or something. Every once in a while, God's going to show you that He don't respond to peeps. Because you're not going to put Him on a formula. You're not going to put Him on a computer. You're not going to put Him on a track. He's going to do it every once in a while, just the opposite of how you think it ought to be done. Just to remind you that He is God. I appreciate prayer, but prayer's not God. Right. All right. Because in the Bible, He worked before prayer. He worked after prayer. He worked during prayer. Because He's God. And whenever He gets ready to work, He will work. And we need to quit arguing with him, saying you can't do it. Right. Not now. Peter said, who was I to withstand God? Right. You think I'm going to tell him, stop it! 
Stop that talking in tongues. Quit that. What are you doing? Stop. Hush. That's what the Jews wanted him to do. They said, son, what's wrong with you? You went off the deep end. It's not supposed to be working that way. God, you can't do that. Peter said, you better tell him. He thinks he can. You're talking to the wrong man. I didn't turn it on, and I can't turn it off. Let God be God. Let's lift our hands just a moment now. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I'd like for every preacher in the building to come to the front and his wife, please. Every preacher and his wife move to the front here tonight in closing. Some of us have been walking around the revival that we pray for every Sunday night. Because we have forgotten who is God in that city. Man, I preached that guy and I preached him. He never... I couldn't do nothing with him. So I'm old. No need to invite him to church. I preach my best sermons to him. You can't reach him. No need to invite him. No need to talk to him. What you're saying is, I'm God. I couldn't save him. And I couldn't save him. There's a fella that said of my grandpa, he will never get the Holy Ghost. He will die and go to hell. He had been baptized in Jesus' name, Brother Williams. Two weeks before he died on his deathbed, God gave him the Holy Ghost. I'm glad God is God. And if we'll let Him be God, we will never again say that it cannot be. He can do it because of us or in spite of us. Because He Ladies, every time that old discouragement spirit gets a hold of your husband, he begins to pound his old head, you know. Just very carefully and kindly. Be careful, you might get hurt. Carefully and kindly. Say, honey, won't you let God be God? (laughs) Carefully. (laughs) 
sweetly. You might want to say it in Dodge. <laughs> just sort of eat. Nobody else can say it. But maybe you ought to just ease over there with your best perfume and say, Big boy, why don't you let God be God? <laughs> let God be God. Because He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we may ask or even think He's God. If your companion is beside you right now, join hands and lift those hands in the air and say, let's let God be God in our church. Let's let God be God. Hallelujah. Let's let God be God. He can do it. He can do it. He can do it. Hula bashata raba karaba hashala bahaya. Oh, Jesus. While you got your hands in the air, I want you to think of every negative factor. And then I want you to say, but God... You're God, and you can do it anyhow. You're God, and you can do it anyhow. If this message has been a blessing to you today, please pass it along to someone else, or simply tell them about PreachItAudio.com. If you would like to find a Spirit-filled church where lives are transformed in your area, I encourage you to email us today at churches at PreachItAudio.com. Let us know the city and state you live in and we will reply back to you very quickly to direct you to the church in your area where you will receive the strength you need for your life today and where you too can receive the gift of the Holy Ghost.